Um, hi, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Go to Notes. My name is Jalen. Oh, okay. My name is Zipporah. <laughs> and yeah, today we're going to be talking a little bit about family. Yeah. So this episode is the one about family. We thought about talking about relationships, but it's a little broad. Yeah. And so we thought that we would break it down in three parts. So today we're going to address family. The next episode, we're going to go a little bit more into friendships. Yep. And then the last episode, well, the last of the three, right? The three-part the series. The, yeah. trial, the triptych. Um, it's going to be about <laughs> uh, intimate relationships. So. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're just going to dive into... Yeah, I guess family. I don't think we prepared any questions. I don't think we today. did. No, it was very organic. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, Swing low. How would you? So tell us maybe a bit about your family. Where are they from? Mm-hmm. What is the tale? It's a lot of clapping. Yeah. I don't think that's <laughs> really good in terms of like the audio. We'll um, edit it out. It's yeah. hard to do that. It's hard to do that. It's super little work. Cognizant, right? In the form of the reason for um, Got this, it. Yeah, storytelling. So, yeah, so my family's from the Caribbean. Um, We're in the Caribbean. So, my dad was from Grenada. E. Yep. Grenada. I can't do a Grenada. Grenada. Yeah. Um, and then my mom was from St. Vincent. Okay. And those are like two very small islands, close, like pretty close to each other. But mm-hmm. they met in Montreal, mm-hmm. so in Canada. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Star-crossed lovers, some would say. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Um, Where's your that? family from? Well, okay. My mom is from Brazil. Mm-hmm. And she moved here, I think, when she was nine okay. or so, like when she was young, um, with her family. And yeah, so they're all from this part of Brazil. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Vitoria, Brazil. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bra- Brasileira. Oh, oh, Minas Gerais. That's where they're from. Minas Gerais. Minas Gerais. Mm-hmm. Minas Gerais. I don't, I think I'm saying that right. I'm saying that right. Um, Muito bom. <laughs> Muito bom. Tudo bem, <laughs> tudo bom. Me deixe em paz. Anyway, um, so that's the extent of yeah. our Portuguese. Uh, so, <laughs> not actually. Um, yeah, so my mom's side is from Brazil. My dad, um, my dad's side is from Jamaica. And so my dad was actually born here in Canada. Oh, no way. And my, uh, but his, his mom's mom. from Jamaica. Yeah. Right. And moved here. Is his dad white? His dad, okay, so yeah, my grandfather is um, actually albino. And so he is like, he, pre- I guess, presents visually as white, but he's like, he's a, not white. He's not, but... yeah, he's a black person from Jamaica. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He's a, yeah, with albinism. So, okay. um, yeah, so that is where my family's from. Cool. Yeah. And here, the, yeah, we are today. Oh, yeah, on the other side of the country. Do you have like a big family? Like, is it? Do you have like a? I actually a huge do... following in the family world. <laughs> uh, I think I do. Maybe to I guess like, um, what like North American standards? Mm, I guess like your uh, cousin, your cousin's cousin. How many people at the cookout? So. <laughs> Okay. Um. Yeah. So, like, my so my 
grandfather or let's say like my grandmother had six children okay and then my grandfather Word. had six other children outside Word. of that marriage okay. um pretty liberal you 12 know tablets. sure my grandmother like knew about like like they were all kind of always in the house kind of thing there was no distinction really in terms of like these are not like my biological children it was all like a whole a whole affair which i thought was quite quite strange because i like i grew up thinking that my dad had five siblings and then there were more that just came up and i was like are these actually your siblings because you know how like people like black people will be like oh yeah this is like your aunt or this is your uncle type thing and you're like is this actually my aunt or is this like one of your close friends? Yes. Like, yes. What? Yeah. How do you know? And they don't even tell you. So exactly. They yeah. don't tell you. And so then that's when I was like, oh, okay. So like my grandfather was really out here just like having children inside <laughs> and outside of the marriage. Like, like my grandmother mm. was pregnant at times where like other women were also pregnant, like with, you know what I mean? Like Got that it, yeah. was, yeah. and also like that dynamic also, you can see that in like future generations where I have like cousins who are siblings, um, your born on the same siblings. day. Cousins have siblings. No, so like my, so like I have like two cousins. Yeah. Um, they're like siblings. They're born like a day apart okay. from different mothers, but like the same father type got it. thing. Okay, so, so they're half siblings, but true. they're your cousins. They're both my cousins. Yes, yeah. Got you. Okay. Um, yeah. so that's like kind of similar dynamic to like what my grandfather, you know, like just that energy, you nice. know? Okay. So yeah, pretty big family, I would say. And then like most of my uncles have multiple children. And okay. That's like on my dad's side. And then on my mom's side, it's still like, there are a lot of like cousins and stuff, but it's less, um, it's more so like within wedlock, I guess. Cause like, okay. they're a little more strict or more like religious, I guess. So, and so yeah. That's what I would, I guess, call your extended. What would you then call your immediate? My, my like, nuclear like, family? Yeah, like the one that's... I, not necessarily nuclear, because I think there's a term for, like, no, the generic... Was it nuclear? Yeah. Oh, you had a nuclear... Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, like, like because you have, like, your nuclear family, which is, like, your immediate, like, parent-sibling kind of thing. No, I think... And I thought then, nuclear was from, from, like the like times of like in the 60s when you had like the nuclear families where it was like mom dad two kids and oh, they all like lived thought, in that like typical like single family home and then that's what developed I think a lot that that's of like I think that's like the normative way of in which people think of like nuclear families but I think the term nuclear just means like to the core oh, like, of your family life, oh you know? okay I don't think I don't know sound pop off in the comments let us know <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Anyway, so like yeah. my immediate, I guess, family is yeah. um, pretty small. I guess I have like my parents and then a younger sister and an older half sister. Okay. As, as far as I know. Younger sister, older half sister, mom, yeah. dad. Did you yeah. all live together in the same home um, growing up? Yes. In Montreal? In Montreal until my my sister ran away when she was like 17, 18. Older half sister. Yeah. Oh my gosh, very dramatic. That's yeah. a triumph. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So she ran away when she was like seventeen-ish, and then yeah, then we just like lived together until like my dad passed. Oh no, my parents separated. Then my dad passed, and then it kind of just like dissolved. You know, yeah. Got yeah. you. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I also would say I have a large-ish extended family. Right. To I guess North American standards, like mm -hmm. my. 
great grandmother I actually got to meet. Um, and she, yeah, I had that privilege. And she, mm-hmm. on my mom's side, and she yeah. um, was from Brazil, but then moved to Canada, mm-hmm. I guess. She's here now. I'm not quite sure where she is, to be honest. Um, and so she had my mom's mom. Mm-hmm. And then my mom's mom had three, no, four kids. And so I have like three aunts and an uncle on my mom's side. Mm. and then they had like two kids each minimum mm. some had three so i have like that five know. eight cousins no i know i know yeah um on my mom's side that yeah. i know of, i guess yes yeah on my mom's side and then on my dad's side my dad has two sisters mm. and then i think recently i found out there's like another brother yeah, so, we, also, we yeah. also found out of a new brother. <laughs> I'm like, there's a brother who's yeah. just like, yeah. they, okay. is it the youngest? I don't know. Okay. I don't know any facts. That, we'll get I'm into, we'll, we'll get into why, I don't know. So yeah, um, so yeah, I knew growing up of my dad and then my two aunts on mm-hmm. his side. And then super close actually with um, my dad and his sisters, their cousins, um, we like they I I consider them like my aunties kind of. Yeah. Um they were, I guess, second cousins is the official right. term. Um, and then I don't know what their mom would be called, your second aunt. Okay. I guess. How would you say your relationships are with like your extended family? Non-existent. Okay. I think it, when they were existent, it, they were nice. They were like kosher, casual, yeah, chill, nothing too like in-depth. You know, it was yeah. all because it was always in the context of either holidays or church. We never just like kikied Outside and like kicked it. Yeah. Okay. Like rarely, rarely do I have memories. And it's just like, ha ha he he. Mm. Here we are going to do a thing. Like it was like, see you at church. See you at this holiday right. event. Um, was it the same with your like close or immediate family? Yeah, I would say, yeah, my immediate family would be then my mom, my dad, and then um, my dad had another kid just just before I was born, and so I have an older half-sister. I also have an older brother, a younger brother, and then a younger sister. And how are your relationships with... So, yeah, <laughs> my relationships with everyone kind of non-existent on that same vein of, like, your older half-sister. I ran away at, like, 16, 17-ish right. um, from home, just, like, very chaotic household growing mm-hmm. up in, um, super religious, very, like, uh, controlling sort of environment. Um, and, yeah, that sort of resulted in a lot of, like problematic things that I internalized over yeah. time that sort of came to a head at that age when you're like so hormonal and you're developing and you're like just realizing like all these different things and mm-hmm. starting to like really learn and learn how to critically think right and I think that I just recognized I was like I could be living a better life right and I know I have the ability to like do that for myself so I'm going to go and try. Um, and so I definitely, yeah. <laughs> Here we are, ten, a decade later, still haven't called home. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. Um, but I, yeah, so family relationships for me are a little bit strained. They're not as typical 
as I guess most individuals have. Same. Same. Um, and I think though that gives me an interesting perspective, uh, especially when I'm interacting with other people's families yeah. um, and seeing sort of the freedoms, the leniencies, the pros and cons of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, just, yeah, the different sort of nuance, like experiences that mm. different families like create for themselves. Uh, I, yeah, I feel really lucky to sort of have um, the perspective that I have. Because um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. while I, I wouldn't wish my experiences on another child, I mm -hmm. definitely um am appreciative of what resulted, which is sort of this like resiliency, this resourcefulness, this critical yeah. thinking. Yeah. Um and this like just I don't know, I feel like really unapologetic in my motivations and mm -hmm. sort of my drive for things. Yeah. Um because I was forced into a situation where I had to at For such sure. a young age, But I think right? it also, like, highlights your, like, the fact that you're only responsible for yourself at the end of the day. Like, I feel like a lot of, like, because there is a lot of guilt, I find, like, around me not necessarily having, like, super strong ties with, like, my sisters now. Yes. Um, I definitely but feel it's, like, that, yeah. There comes a point where it's, like, I had to realize, like, okay, I didn't bring anyone into this earth. Like, I did not birth any children. I did not adopt any children. I'm not responsible for other individuals, right? Like, I don't have that, like, um, yeah, like, I'm only responsible for myself at this point in time. And so, it's like setting, like, I yeah. feel like I have to set that boundary for myself at certain times. And it doesn't mean that I'm not willing to like, you know, like help out or like lend a, like a listening ear and be as available as I possibly can. But there comes a point where you also have to just like protect your own mental health and like your own, I guess, like energy and resources, because it's like, Definitely. I don't have an yeah. abundance of people pouring love and whatever into me because I agree yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so it's like I have to be really like careful about that and like I think there's like a lot of guilt that comes from that for me at least but it's taught me how to set boundaries with other individuals right mm -hmm. and I think that that's something that's so key that I'm noticing in a lot of individuals who perhaps have like super strong like familial ties there's this idea that like loyalty should not ex like there are no bounds to loyalty in a sense where it's like yeah you, kinda, you know what I mean yeah like, I definitely oh, understand like, I've been that, friends yeah. with this person for so long how could I ever and in my head I'm like <laughs> yeah longevity you know? and like yeah like familiar yeah. relationship like then somehow absolves you of your yes. responsibility to actually engage in this relationship and meaningfully hold, yeah and to and hold, hold someone accountable like yeah I don't exactly like yes I've like cut some like people off in my life or like friends or what have you but like I always hold someone to account first and like try to have like discussions about it if that's possible. Right. Yeah. And then I think that I don't necessarily fear, I guess, cutting someone off or, yeah. because I know that like what's meant to be will be type of thing. And so, yeah, I guess like the having strained familial ties also provides me with that same I guess, like, I feel like a fly on the wall a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. Like, when I, like, see people interacting, like, with their family and, like, what have you, I'm just like, oh, like, interesting. Like, this is, like, cool stuff, you know? But I'm able to, like, bring, I guess, a more unbiased perspective on, like, things that I yeah. that I observe because yeah. I'm not necessarily, like... Well, it's not necessarily biased. I think it's... Not, it's, it's, not, it's, it's biased, but it's in yeah. a sense that it's, like, 
oftentimes these situations that we're witnessing are like, or when we're seeing like, oh, interesting or yeah. wow. Like it's yeah. because we're witnessing a situation that's often like some sort Different. of conflict <laughs> yeah. or um, weird, like, you know, non-confrontation or mm-hmm. some sort of situation that we're like, oh, I haven't seen this modeled before in my household. True. And you're like, okay, this is interesting. True. But then you're, because of how maybe some similar situations you have experienced or like because of how far, because of the gap, yeah. that you would be like you've never would experience something like that yeah. you bring that perspective to it right True. and it's like you're like okay so i'm witnessing you argue with your brother about your mom not buying one of you a car and buying one of you like all these shoes and it's like okay mm. this is a real conversation that you're having and you're yeah. probably experiencing this like as a genuine slight against you but as like you know i as, i'll bring this perspective to it because it's like let's actually put the context here. Like, you know? I think that like, you bring up an interesting point because for me, it was really hard to have like empathy towards people in those situations because I think that like, there are certain things that to me will always just be trivial because of what I've experienced in terms yes. of like, yeah. you know, my familial relationships. And it's especially, easy to think like, that way too, yeah. Yeah, especially like once my dad was like, was diagnosed with cancer and then passed away, like everything that people brought to the table I was like, in my, I never externalized it because I knew like that's not a kind thing to do to someone else because just because you're suffering doesn't mean that someone else can't be going through something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in my head, I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. Like you're like your parent is alive. You're th- you know what I mean? Like it can be solved. Like it is not like stage four cancer. Like you're good to go. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Okay, so, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And so like there's but that's also valid. Like that's a I response that you can have. I think it's valid for sure, but I don't yeah. think that a lot of people have the range for it because yeah. I found I found that like even with and that's why a lot of my like family like or like extended family ties were like a little strained now because I can kind of see how they treated me when my father died. And I was like, oh, okay, so y'all don't actually give a shit about me. You were just, Mm. this was just your favorite uncle. Got it. And your favorite son or what have you, right? Like, this was not a, like, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, am I, and also, like, because my father's family is based in the United States. Like, they're from the Caribbean. But, like, my dad was, like, the only one to immigrate to, like, Canada. Mm -hmm. And so they were all in New York. We were in Montreal. It's, like, not too far of a drive. But we would go down, like, a few times a year kind of thing to like see them. And it was always us driving down to see them like all the time. Mm, yeah. And as I grew older, I got like a little, like it was kind of cool at first. Cause like, yeah, I'm going to New York to visit my family. You know, like yeah. people like thought that I was going to like Manhattan. It's like, no, I'm going to like deep Brooklyn, yeah. which is like amazing. Love it. But like, anyway, but as I grew older, I like kind of got resentful. Cause I was like, Oh, why aren't they visiting us? Like what's, yes. you know? And like, did you start to, yeah. Like analyze the family relationships that like your, your parents, yeah. you're like, you know, you started to see with your family. Did, like, when did you sort of start thinking about that? Cause I, yeah. Yeah. I think it was like when I was like 15, 16, cause like my parents were around the age, like my parents, like, separated and so I got like my relationship with I was always super close with my dad and we just got closer and like in a way that like (laughs) most people like that's kind of weird but like we were talking about like everything like you talking about like his relationships like his like difficulty setting boundaries like we went like all in yeah that's such a nice yeah yeah, it was really nice and so like one time we were just like talking like I remember like on the steps of like our house and 
he was just like, yeah, like, I just like, can't say no. Like, I feel like if I say no, then like, I'm a bad person. And he's like, I, I can still do this. Oh, stuff I resonate people, with that right? a lot. <laughs> and then, and he's like, if I can do it, then if I don't do it. And like his sense of community was also like, so fu- like out of this world, which is also why I think that you two would get along really wow, well. I'm like, I'm hearing really? this and I'm like, wow, I, I, I resonate know. with you. I have a hard time setting boundaries. Super I like saying yes. So similar. Community is my king. Yeah, I. King. Like, <laughs> every it's oh, and so like I remember having those conversations, and I was realizing I was like, oh, the fact that we keep going to New York, or like that we're always the one initiating things, is because partly my dad wasn't able to set that boundary or communicate. Hey, I would appreciate it if you would reciprocate this, mm-hmm. or if I was on the receiving end of these things that I would do. Yeah, because he was so fucking giving, like he would do like anything for anyone, anytime type thing. And there was a point where I was kind of like almost his bulldog. Like I was like, especially when he got diagnosed, I was like, bitch, it's over. Okay. Like I was like, you're not on the computer past eleven. Like let's, you gotta go to bed. You gotta eat. Like all these things that like for him, he would just like extend himself. And I think, yeah, so I think it was around the time that I was like 15, 16, where I was like, oh, okay, my parents are like actual human beings. Yeah. And what they're doing is usually a result of either their trauma or their lived experience when they were children. And so from a young age, my dad was always like the giver and the super like empathetic one. And like, he was like kind of the like heart of the family, if you will, like always like sat people down and like, let's talk about it and like all that stuff. And the rest of my family kind of just like leaned on him for that like emotional like labor that he would do because it just came naturally to him without realizing that he's still a person that needs to be poured into. Exactly. That cup needs to be filled up. Exactly. And that was a part that I realized like, oh shit, maybe my family doesn't recognize that. They just see him as like a source of like, he's just giving all this energy. And then on the flip side, it also allowed me to like analyze my mother's like, behaviors and stuff and that was a little more difficult because suffered a lot of like abuse not physical usually like usually like emotional yeah very emotional but like um but then also realizing like okay like a lot of the things that she's doing is because she was treated this way when she was younger like her only models for parenting are inherently um strict and controlling right? yeah because there's no because yeah. there's no ability to communicate with another person especially with a child like there's this thing i don't know if it's like specific to caribbean households but it's like you speak when spoken to yeah thing. that's a big thing with the my dad would say that line all, all the, time. the time yeah and even if you just even if you just breathe yeah. why are you back talking yeah what Mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh my goodness and I was a super curious kid like you know like now you couldn't really tell because I think that's a part of me that like in a sense died which is like kind of sad to say but like I would ask questions about every single thing going on like every I was like super curious like not ever in a malicious way I don't think that children are like inherently malicious um but my mom if she didn't have the answers it was like why are you back talking? Um, like, I didn't ask you a question. Why are you asking me a question type Got thing? It. So maybe you started to become aware of your parents, I guess, identity as individuals even earlier than 16 yeah, or 15, right? Yeah, but I didn't, I, but I didn't recognize didn't it. it? Th- like, okay. when I was younger, I just clocked it as like, oh, my mom is mean and my dad is nice. Got it. Like, that's like, those were that that's, the extent. Okay. Exactly. But then when they separated and I started to see my dad, like, on a more human level or like, kind of like, 
yeah, just like understanding him more and like speaking to him, I was like, oh, maybe my mom also has a past or like a lived experience that would make it so that like I consider her to be quote unquote mean, right? Yeah. And then that's what allowed me to kind of clock, um, you know, like, or yeah, I guess explain a lot of the behaviors, not excuse them, but just have like a kind of like- Understanding where they're coming from. Exactly. I feel like my understanding of my parents specifically, that and their relationship and their relationship with me um, and the wider world started at much younger, I would say. Right. Um, and that's because, like, physical abuse was a big thing in my household. Mm. Like, um, the belt, like, the just slaps, like, what have you. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was always with this tone of, like, it could be worse. Like, you oh don't, my God, you don't know what I got. Yeah, you don't know what I got, right? And so yeah. I, that's when I first, like, even in hearing those instances, right? And, like, you're in pain, but you're, like, also trying to process, like, okay, so you're saying that, like, you've had it worse like that's also crazy so that's when i started to really like realize my parents were like people had experiences yada yada Mm. and then that started to like weave my understanding more when i saw how we all interacted with my cousins and sort of my extended family Mm. and it was always the same as you right us going to them and so i eventually like at first i thought that was because maybe you know just this air of like, you don't talk about what happens at the home, so then why would you bring people in the home? Mm-hmm. But then I also, like, as I grew up, I also thought maybe it had to do with like money more so because, especially on my mom's side, like, my mom's si- sisters are pretty well off. Like, oh. they have the gadgets, the goodsits, the yeah. wetsits, the big houses, mm. the, you know, the big apartments, the condos, all the things, right? That was all, like, the flashy things growing up, that's what they had. Mm. The trampolines, the basketball nets. Yeah. And on my dad's side, it wasn't the same. Like, it wasn't so much a money thing. And so I always, my aunt, I, like, my aunt Francine was always over. We always got to hang out. And so I always thought that maybe it was more so tied to money. Mm. And that was maybe a reason why, because we were always moving or yada, yada, we didn't have all the nice things. And then I grew up and I just realized it was, like, it was a combination of all of those things and their past traumas working at play like their disdain for their family they're both similarly to my story they're like the like ostracized like Mm. kid from their groups because they had children when they were so young and they didn't finish high school or xyz right right um and so when i realized that all of these different things were sort of at play. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, I, one, don't have to be subject to this anymore. I have like learned more about yeah. myself. And then there's also just a combination too of like coming more into my queerness, coming more into that identity and just recognizing my home as being like an unsafe space, right. especially being super religious at the yeah. time. And like, just very, very, very much invested in the patriarchy in a lot of ways, very much invested in this like idea of like masculinity and it's very typical in like Caribbean households and like Mm. constantly get into my fights with my father about like be a man and like boys don't cry and like getting like very beat for like painting my nails, like things like that, you know, and just be like, like very unsafe. And like, Mm. as I became more and more like, unable, I guess, to, like, mask that with, like, a masculine identity, 
Um, and like, regardless of everything I tried, right? I played all the sports. I did literally all the things I was like, yeah. And then it was like around this time that I ran away, but I also made this switch. I'm like, now I'm doing art and like photography and like all the things I'm actually like wanted to do. And then like, yeah. So that's sort of my relationship when I started to clock my relationship with my family and then my extended family it was a, a, mm. a little bit of an earlier age, but it was a bit of a process and a bit right. of a journey. For sure. um, what do you think allowed you to clock those different things? Cause like, I know for me, I grew up watching like TLC and like all the talk shows. And so that kind of gave me a bit of context as to like what quote unquote healthy relationships look like as opposed to like dysfunctional relationships. Right. And I remember using the term dysfunction around my mom once and she like lost it. Like she was like, who taught you this word? How, like, you think you're so smart, blah, blah. And I was like nine years old. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, this is kind of ironic. Um, but like, <laughs> obviously I couldn't say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was like really just like, I guess, emerging myself in that, like, I guess not like pop culture, but yeah, like TV shows, books and all that stuff. So that kind of gave me the language and the context to see like, oh, what's normal or yeah. what's not, you know what I mean? What for you allowed you to clock these different relationships or was it just like, I don't know. Okay. So for me, this is like a lot to unpack. For sure, yeah. This is like, it's going to be a bit bold. But essentially, it was my proximity to whiteness. Oh, oh my God, yes, yes. That yeah, is what yeah. ultimately oh, let me... That's sad. Yeah, yeah, which is why I also held on to whiteness for so Ooh, long. Because yeah. it was ultimately the tool for me to navigate how to run away from home, right? It was when when I was first learning that oh not all parents beat their kids who's mm -hmm. telling me this my white friends my well-off white friends you know right. when i'm hearing that you can have discussions with your parents that are not one direction or combative or combative or, yeah. like or where it's like you can speak to something or you can quote unquote talk back and it's like you're engaging in conversation i'm like yeah. where did i learn that from where did i see that happening mm -hmm. my white friends uh, with their white parents it's like where did i see you know what the freedom sort of the the responsibility or the trust that parents place mm. in in kids similar to my age and how that changed growing up and who like what that looked like across different friends groups and like ultimately the majority of that freedom was given to my white friends right and so was that also because you mainly had white friends it was so mainly it was like... because i had white friends but it was also because i would see these instances i would get glimpses of these experiences and be like i want to see more right that same sort of like childlike curiosity being like what like mm -hmm. very much like in such disbelief that like this could be happening kids could be living like this there are other ways of like engaging with your siblings with your parents that are not like very much like even how your dad was living like taking out of the cup because you naturally fit into this role of like being energetic being exuberant yeah. giving like folk fixated on community right you know what i'm yeah. saying hmm. and so that was yeah super problematic but then even even in the runaway even in me leaving right it right. was like who was the family that was able to take me in for that first couple months right it was like, and I love, I'm like, I love, I love these people. I love them. Right. And I'm not, but it's, it's again, it's this proximity to whiteness mm -hmm. that then 
twisted and warped in my mind, right? Like my responsibility to to my 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 identity, right? And how mm. I am not in the service of whiteness, right? In order to have the freedom of expressing my identity. So that for me was like a big thing to like sort of unlearn and distancing that because it was like, oh my gosh, finally having that space and that freedom and this access and you know these different things that I all wanted was provided by white people who were supporting mm. me at this time when I was like this young youth, right? And then that progressed too into like the first landlords I had were also like, it was this like this white pe person from this like essentially all white camp that I went to. They're like, yeah, of course you can come live in our attic. And so then it was from there. And it wasn't really until like 2014, I would say, was this really pivotal year for me. I think it was 19 at the time. And that's when I moved in with um, one of the only other black people who had gone to this camp that I'd went to. Mm. Um, and so we had moved in together, started really like leaning into and developing my identity, really learning about sort of my history, my culture. Yeah, really you like were in survival mode, mode for so long. long. And this was the first time, you know, I, at this point, I, I, I traveled. I started traveling the, the world at this point. I started working in that job in Spain. Mm -hmm. my, and so my understanding of things started expanding. My understanding of myself started expanding. Mm -hmm. And that I, I held so close for such a long time at like this idea that it was because of the distance I was from my family. And now and also your family was coded with like your like racial identity, right? Racial identity, so, my queer identity, yeah. like my non like my sexual right, identity, right. you know? And so then how that sort of has morphed though now into like my I guess later 20s mm. is this recognition that there's hypocrisy in my this responsibility and desire I feel for the global community, my immediate community, the youth that I work with, and um, this lack of not necessarily that same effort with my family per se, but th that same level of um, compassion. I feel as though I don't I don't often um, look at uh, my family relationships with the compassion I often. Uh, give to people who I don't even know. And so I think yeah. that for me, it's like, I'm now in this situation where I'm like extending that arm and trying to redevelop relationships with my family after all this time. It's been essentially like a decade mm -hmm. since I, like, so we don't know each other at this point, yeah, right? Yeah. And so really trying to extend, but what we do know is the trauma and the history that's there. And yeah. that's peppering the language and my relationship with them currently now. But I'm trying to really give space for the people that they have become in the 10 year time that I haven't been mm -hmm. with them. And also asserting and really owning the person I've become in this 10 year period and no, not compromising now feeling that I finally do have the language um, mm -hmm. and, and those experiences to contrast that aren't just white, you know what I'm saying? So now I right. do have a better equipped person, I, I guess, to engage with my family in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's interesting that you sort of had it from like a pop culture perspective because I straight up did not watch like adult mm. tv i would oh, say like that I, I did not watch any <laughs> um yeah okay so would you say that there are times of the year in which you like are 
more present in your thinking about your family relationships? Um, yeah, I guess like holidays, obviously, like we'll bring that up a little bit, but like yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, like I'm a little different in the sense that I'm not like I'm on the spectrum. So like my ties to people are very, um, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like, I don't really, I see it as a very like, from a, a more rational like standpoint type thing. Like I'm not like, I can long for certain ties and be like, oh, like I wish that, you know, like I could have this healthy relationship with X, Y, and Z, right? Or it's like, I, I long for that kind of, you know what I mean? Like mothering for instance. But then I'm also like, oh, like that's not a possibility for you, like regrettably. And so I just fill my life up with, like, other things that, like, bring me joy type thing. Yeah. So it's just, like, it's that thing where it's, like, I've really just made amends, I guess, with, like, what is and what is not. Um, and I try for, like, as much as possible, I try to, like, not harbor, like, resentment. or yes, you know that's what I mean? very key. Yeah, not feeling because a negative towards... The situation is yeah, is and also like, really and also towards. not feeling as though they owe me anything, right? Yeah, like, that's true. That's too. the other yeah. thing too, because I'm like, I'm like, look, maybe you did the best that you could with you the resources I mean? you, with you the had resources at, the you time, had at yeah. the time, yeah. Which I think you know, like, we're alive, so they did, yeah. But exactly. you know, and exactly. at the end of the day, it's like we are alive. We're here making this podcast, so yeah, you did do the best that you could because exactly. you got us through it, exactly. You know, um, and it's like, and I can be. I guess like critical of that or like not, not even resentful, but I can feel stuff about that relationship or about those lost relationships or like those strenuous ties without necessarily feeling as though it's like a poor reflection on me as a person. Cause I think for a long time I felt like, cause it is true that like with a lot of my relationships with family, like the common denominator is me. Like when you think about it, yeah. but at the me same too. time, <laughs> but at the same time, I also look at the kinds of, like the mentality that's there and the kind of um, like, for instance, with like my dad's family, um, it, it's very much like blood is thicker than water. I, okay, like, I, mm -hmm. go, like, go so, off, go off. So like, I'm gonna speak to that. So like your family ties are it. Like that is what matters. This is what you need to protect and care about and invest yourself in no matter what. And that's like a good energy to have if it's reciprocated on every side or on each side of things. But I found oftentimes that like what I needed um, was not necessarily provided to me. And so it was hard for me to then like just keep giving and keep doing for other people when that same energy was not necessarily reciprocated to me when I needed it. Oh no. Often because I didn't necessarily um voice it in the same way yeah. right like i'm very like quiet i keep to myself so like you you have to like actually ask me like how i'm doing and stuff it's yeah. not going to be obvious and so you have to advocate for your own self-care exactly. in an unsafe environment exactly. from a very young age exactly Logical. and so it yeah. just like it made it really difficult and especially like watching for me like the tipping point where it's like i don't feel guilty anymore about like having these like like i guess like more distance ties to like my like family it was when my dad had passed and that's when like it was so it's like I have my life before my dad died and then after my dad died like that was just like it was ridiculous Jalen like when I tell you like I could probably write a sitcom yeah about, it was so bad like I was I remember being in the room with like so my dad is like 
in the bed like he just passed that morning and I had my so my dad's sister I don't really call her my aunt anymore but my dad's sister and one of my dad's brothers and then my cousin that was there they were just like standing there and my dad was told that he had a few weeks to live like once I came like I rushed back from Berlin yes, whatever yes after exactly. met, actually. I know yeah so then I rushed back and they're like, yeah, you have a few weeks to live. And my dad, like you could tell it is in his face. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to be in this hospital for a few weeks. And sure enough, like two days later he passed. And so anyway, so we started looking for like funeral homes and stuff like, you know, the day after, but it's obviously like you, you think you have a few weeks, right? So yeah. like, you know, you're looking around whatever. So my dad dies at like 6am that morning around 11. I have his sister and his brother and my cousin literally ganging up on me being like oh did you find a funeral home and i was like no like we started looking and she's like oh well you should have found that already and i was like oh like he literally died like we thought we had weeks like this is not you know what i mean like i don't know why you're coming to me with this energy honestly yeah. and it was like this whole like oh we know him better than you um you're just like his kid this was my brother blah 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 and i was like how could you tell that to like a 22 year old that just lost their father who was like basically a single parent yeah. and they're hurting too and they're, they're spreading it they're spreading i know it. but that was the other thing too where i yeah. realized i was like i will never be the kind of person and i never was where like my i hurt someone else because yeah. i'm hurting yeah and that's exactly it's, what it's, it's so easy so to do. many of them are doing and yeah. these are grown full-fledged adults right and yeah, like i don't hold much to that title anymore i know me neither but yeah. like i think that that's also what allowed me to They're be like people oh these are just people yeah. who are older than me um who haven't necessarily done the work to like learn about like different people where they're coming from how to show empathy to different people it was yeah. very much this idea of like i am older than you and so i have authority over you kind of thing yeah. right? like, i am inherently i know better than you or what ha what oh, have you goodness. and so like yeah. there were like so many other like just shenanigans that happened throughout that weekend and i remember being like or that week really and i remember being like my dad would not have stood for any of this like at all like if you actually cared about me or about him you would show me some grace you know what i mean like you yeah. would you would channel that same energy that you love your brother for right yeah. like you would channel that like selflessness that compassion that love but instead you weren't able to and it kind of like it kind of made me feel bad because i was like oh i feel like this is all for naught like my dad was such a giving and loving and caring person only for that same energy not to be given onto his children as he passed mm -hmm. um but then it also made me think i was like oh i guess that like i don't have to be the super like nice exuberant whatever person in order to be kind like i can be kind to people without necessarily depleting myself of everything yeah and that I kind have. looks differently and at different looks times different for different people and yeah. then that also taught me like oh shit, i have to set boundaries now when i'm alive because people will continue to take from you after you pass. Like mm -hmm. that's the other, oh my God, the way that people tried to like, this ridiculous. sounds villainous. Like this truly is ridiculous. Tumultuous. But it's it taught me the importance of setting boundaries. It taught me how to like be compassionate towards people, right? In a way that's not um, killing myself. Cause I was the only, cause I only kind of grew up, I guess with those two characters. I had like my mom that was like super abusive um and mean-spirited and then my dad that was like the most giving person ever and then i was like oh my god like what's you know and what 
hurt me a lot from like my dad's side of the family was that because I set boundaries for myself, they would like always allude to the fact that I was similar to my mom. Mm. I'd be like, oh, like you're, you know, you're your mom's child. And that's like the, I hate to say it, but that's one of the biggest insults you could ever say to me is that I am like my mother in any way. Like, so that, and that's like, that hurts. I know she's not listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. but like, I'm like, you say that to me and that's, it's over. I remember my dad told me I that. I feel like you're holding, that's like holding, that's like giving I your know, mother too much power. I know, but That's it's like, so much power for someone to like even utter your mom and you're like, you're cut. Like, no, it's not, like, it's not. I was the same. I'm like, you, you, you say what? You yeah. say what? It's like, but you can't, you can't let but, them have that much. That much hold. I know, I know it's different, but, I but think it's, that, like, yeah. I think that I learned, I guess, the nuance of it, right? Because it's like, they were calling me, like, they were saying that I resembled my mother because I wasn't giving to them without bounds. And my mom was, like, she would, like, one thing about her, like, she, like, it's this or it's that. Like, she was not going to give anything more than what she owed you, right? Mm. Like, all the time. And, like, in certain cases, you do have to be flexible, I find, and I'm able to, like, flex and give a little more, give a little less, you know what I mean? Like, depending on the situation. But my mom was very strict in terms of, like, the, like, her outpour of, like, labor in any sense yeah. to anyone. Um, and I think that, like, yeah, I guess maybe, like, my family confused me having boundaries or limits um, to my energy as, oh, you're mean or you're mean-spirited because you're not going to help out someone else if they need it, right? Uh, and it's like, oh, no, actually, you can be really kind but also protect yourself, right? So your family actually was the reason why you were able to set boundaries and you were able to do that, I guess. Was it, you you think, the, the pinnacle of your boundary-setting capabilities was put, brought to a head at this moment when when the family is brought together in this way no I think, father, I think it was like when my parents separated and i got closer to my dad where i was like oh i need to be able to set boundaries for myself because otherwise i'm gonna like either end up like my dad in terms of like just like giving without bounds yeah. or i'm gonna become really resentful and turn into my mom who's like super spiteful and so i was like i and i was at that point where it's like i have a lot of my mom's natural kind of like yeah i guess like maybe spitefulness or like i don't even want to say mean-spiritedness but like no this, I like, you. you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. just that energy that's like very sharp very whatever yeah and so i was like but i also am i think like well-intentioned and i actually like care about a lot of individuals very like deeply um but just like fear i guess showing that anyway so like seeing my dad i was like oh like and so you can be super nice but you also can like set boundaries for yourself and mm. then when he passed is when I realized that like it's inherent for you to set boundaries for yourself. And that's when I no longer felt guilty for setting boundaries. Cause I think that like when he like, maybe not inherent, but necessary, necessary. Yeah. 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 Like, um, cause I didn't, I didn't learn boundary setting. Like, cause I was such a zero to 100 type same, child. Same, same, same. And same. so for me, how that translated to when it, the situation brought to a head was like, 100 boundary equals distance and never seeing you again goodbye running away right and then me learning that like okay that's one thing but i didn't want to jump into that sort of boundary setting again so like not necessarily cutting people off that i should have because of how i cut my family off and then just it took me a really long time to learn even the concept of like responsibly boundary setting and i feel like i really yeah. didn't get the hang of it until like 19 20 
right? Mm. But what I really like, I'm frustrated back looking back on now, like when I like look like to the memories of my younger self, I'm like, oh, like, I want to just tell you like, cause it's like, I was engaging in things at such a young age mm. that I'm like, if only you had known how to responsibly set boundaries, maybe this like wouldn't have happened, right? Like sexually, my sexual history dates back to like, like eight or seven years old or nine like that sort of age and then going up all the way through to like survival sex work in my teens it's like there was like and then to learn boundary setting afterwards it's like I it's really interesting that you were able to do that within the setting of your family because like I felt I was only able to do that once I left yeah but I think like it was when my parents separated and I started living with my dad and I think that, like, that was also a change that allowed me to kind of, like, see things a little clearer. Because I do agree that, like, if I was to remain in that household, I don't think that I would have been able to, like, sit with everything and maybe, like, learn something. Mm. And so for me, like, like, the running away for you was kind of, like, when my parents separated and I got to live with my dad. Like, that was, like, a I healthier see. environment. Yeah. And that's what kind of really allowed me to, like, reflect on certain things. But, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no. So funny. So I think it's I think it's like a little telling about how we are today, I yeah. guess, in terms of like how we like set boundaries for ourselves, but like yeah. we're also like super I would say kind people are like nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. I often find people like, oh my god, like you're so nice. I think that's that. a product of a strict household, low key. It could be. Because I also have a super strict household. Like yeah. no I felt literally like no freedom to do things like yeah. I couldn't, yeah. Oh my goodness. Did I ever, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like very strict. But I guess like the, yeah, I don't know. Like there was this one thing where it's like people don't remember like what you say to them, but they remember how you make them feel. And like that kind of like energy is something that I try to like. Mm. Um, and, but sometimes you remember what they say. Uh, no, for sure. But like in the grand scheme of things, like when you're looking back on your life, whatever. Yeah. You're not gonna remember, oh yeah, Zipporah like told me about like animal agriculture. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. I was like, no, like it's like it's deeper than that, I feel. So I try to like yes. influence people more, you know. Positively. I understand yeah. that yeah, it's 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 a vibration it's, thing. It's, yeah, you know? it's, a, it's easier to yeah, have someone understand you or come over to your side if you're using positive language and whatever. But I also think I it's like I don't I don't even think it's positive. I think it's just like I'm like, if I'm gonna make you feel guilty about something, maybe you should be. Maybe you you don't need to feel positively about me. You can have a go positive relationship with other people. And maybe I'm the uh, person who just is supposed to make you feel guilty about this so that you change and then you never actually thank me or or actually hold this to account later. And you just go about living your life with this knowledge that I done in part because I made you feel guilty. Like I think that even the way that you're talking about it <laughs> tells to how much you care about people. Yeah. Is this like you? Yeah. It's like you <laughs> want them to do better. You want them to like show up in more compassionate and understanding ways in all of the ways. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's also you having hope and like I'm more. So, yeah, I do. I, I do have hope. I do. <laughs> so, I, I do. I see the worst. I have in people. hope for people. I see the worst in people, and so like because you have to, but you have to look at all of the like. No, it's, it's I think really that, like, wild. It's really wild. The, this human thing. I think it, yeah, obviously. But like, for me, it's more <laughs> so like, I don't, like, I don't really care about what you do with the information that I give you. Like, I, I hope 
that you use it for good and that you're out here just like, you know, doing good stuff. But at the end of the day, like it's no sweat off my back if you're going to be. It is sweat off my back. Why is it? Because your decisions impact me. No, but you can't control them. Okay. No, you can't, but you can help to change because at the end of the day, like, yeah, if I'm not vigorous enough for you to to no, give up but that's plastic, you, you just as an example, mm. I know, I know, there plastic was actually created just to sell more plastic and recycling all the sham. I know, but as one example, it's just like I feel, I feel very passionately towards this idea that maybe I'm not the individual who will be the one to get you there, but that doesn't mean that like I can't try. And that also doesn't mean that if I fail, that like I that what I'm doing or this effort won't work for someone else. So I shouldn't be discouraged from trying it again. That's true. I think like different strokes for different folks, right? Like I don't think that like everyone will be moved to change by my like less affair attitude. But they could. But they could. But they could. And I think that maybe on your side as well, right? But I think that like at the end of the day how you feel about the matter or like you wanting someone to change will not make them change any more or any less okay i feel like yes they yeah the person definitely has to be ready for change in order for it to happen yes i I definitely agree but i think that we as people you know can help get other people to (laughs) a place ready for change it's like i you know i i just i do i do think it can happen i think you're very um particular though because most people do not like change and will do anything not it it's because yeah most people don't like (gasps) discomfort most people don't like discomfort as much as i do because we are used to it because of our family relationships and sitting uncomfortably yeah. in that for so long. Yeah. Interesting. So it's like kind of all we know, so right? So we're like, yeah, give and me more. And that's how we give grow. Me, and it's like nostalgic. Give me some more. Sit with me. And just, you want to argue? Um, I'm down. Five minutes later. Let's more, have like but... a... <laughs> also, what'd you say? Les affaires. Les affaires. We're, yeah. we're a trilingual podcast. We've spoken yeah. three languages yeah, on this one. we have. We have. Yeah. Colonizers who? I know, right? <laughs> I honestly pride myself. Like, the like. so my Spanish is not, like, top tier. It so will be top tier. Sí, mucho. Vale. Pero, like, the day that it gets there, and I get my porch, get over. Like, I know, I'm, yo también. I'm I like, feel the same. I'm like, mm. I'm going to do some Duolingo after this. Oh, yeah. For sure. Speaking of which. <laughs> after these messages from Duolingo. Yeah, um, no, we are still very much a people-funded podcast. podcast. Yes. Um, I think we'll get our PayPal. No, we're doing a. Are we're we sorting a out. A, we're sorting out a Patreon or a PayPal. We're sorting out a thing. So if you're if you like what you're hearing and you yeah. want to support the podcast moving forward, we're um, going to be setting up a way for y'all to do that. Um, that's easier for both us to track and manage, yeah. and uh, easiest for you too. So keep an eye out for that. We'll probably announce that at the next episode. Um, but yeah, think about supporting us beyond listening. And if, you know, if all you can do is um, listening, then just comment, share, yeah. like, tell, friend, um, tell your you friends. Uh, yeah, let them know what's going on because we just would love for more kids to join the goat flock, the herd. The herd, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I feel like we're all over the place <laughs> That's in this the episode. I feel like we are pretty on brand. Uh, 
I think that like what we should do is maybe tie it to like future episodes and like why we came about the topic of like relationships and family and what have you and how we're hoping that this kind of like, yeah. You know? So with this, because we recognize that family relationships definitely influence how you move through the world and yeah. how you develop further relationships with other individuals. Yeah. And so that's why we kind of wanted to do this three-part series, right, where we're going to go into both family, friend, not both, family friendships and then intimate relationships. Yeah. Because, and we wanted to start with family because it gives that groundwork, that basis of understanding for how our other relationships have developed. Um, and sort of the different avenues that we've taken yeah. uh, in developing those relationships. And I think it also tells to how, like, you mentioned as well, like, how we show up in the world. Like, not even, like, how our relationships, like, resemble. Yeah, our relationships with the world, with the community, with yeah. the greater, yeah. with the great, with your generational relationship, your economical class relationship. I don't know what. I was, you, you, yeah. I was going to break it down maybe a little more specific in terms oh, of like for okay. me how I talk about like veganism or like going vegan or like oh, even okay. like yeah. transitioning type thing and I'm very much like yeah like this is what you should do or these are the documentaries you should watch and like how you should go about it and I think that a lot of people are like oh well like I live at home or like I you know what I mean like I'm not responsible for the food that I cook, right? Which are, like, really valid reasons, I guess. But, like, for me, I don't understand what that's like because I was, like, I just, you know, was on my own from yeah. a very young age or whatever. So it's, like, I was responsible on for a lot of things. Patty the Bell, is that you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think that that also influences my activism, right? Or, like, how I talk about it. And it's, like, True. I don't, you know, like, try to like maintain like ableist ways of like talking about going vegan i think that i'm quite good at like not doing that but i can't really speak to um even okay like our episode about confrontation right the last episode because when we were talking about um our i guess like the fact that we're not non-confrontational or that yeah. we like are not afraid of like we lean into confrontation exactly yeah. is a result i would think about our like familial ties or like what we had to do in order to survive right mm -hmm. is like we had to in a sense like confront our parents and like engage in really difficult conversations or discussions or did even... your parents fight yeah all the time okay yeah see same with mine yeah, yeah. um and so like that's <laughs> one thing but i think that like yeah anyway the fact that i'm very like upfront or blunt about things is because i kind of had to be and that's how i survived these really like traumatic experiences growing up and so yeah i thought that like if we spoke about maybe familial ties it would inform or give people i guess the context of how we show up in other spaces in terms of like you in terms of like, your activism about like especially when it comes to like sustainability and whatnot like yeah. the urgency that you feel in terms of like getting people to action like doing all this stuff is because for you you were able to do so much right and like explore and like see different things and like just consume so many different um perspectives right and like grow out of but that's also something that a lot of people are uncomfortable with right in terms of like changing and what have you and yeah i don't know i just really am pushing i really want to push for it but it's also like i recognize also the need for stability right and that's why i really push for also like creating safe spaces for like for sure people like you know i, I reckon yeah there is a duality in terms of approaches yeah for sure but yeah it's definitely harder when the majority of your experiences and like lessons learned growing up are based in combativeness. True. 
and confrontation. True. That but sense. it makes it so that you're not afraid, right? Yeah. Of confrontation in yeah. a sense. Like, that's the silver lining of yeah. it. And but also, it tells you, like, what you do and do not want to be confrontational absolutely, about. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it gives you that. Yeah, yeah like, insight. what is worth, I guess, what is worth the argument or what is worth the confrontation? Also, like, who is worthy of those conversations or who is equipped to necessarily engage in them? Um, but yeah, I think that our family ties really inform who we are today. And so that's why we thought of talking about family for today. And then next week's episode, hopefully, we'll do the friendship one. And then the one about intimate relationships. Is yeah. Anything you wanted to add for today? Um, just make sure you take some vitamin C. Look at something green today, and you know, just really try and body a goat. Reach for the stars, onward and upwards. All right. Love you, kids. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs>